0: Seguzeo Gwego and welcome to the Yuri at Front Page Podcast. In this episode, we talked to Kawana Hari Devery Jacobs about her upcoming project, Reservation Dogs, which will be streaming on Disney+. She discusses the show, which was created by Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi, and what it was like to work on a show that was made up of entirely Indigenous people. Welcome back, everybody, to Yuri Waze's Front Page Podcast, and I'm joined today by Gawana Hire Devry Jacobs, who has been very busy the last several months. And you know, we, we were just talking right before we, we started recording about how this has been one of her busiest years and we're in the midst of a pandemic. She has a, a very interesting series coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's called Reservation Dogs, and I'll, I'll just I'll let you get into it. <laughs>
1: Hey, yeah, for having me. Yeah, I was a part of a show called Reservation Dogs that we shot over the pandemic. And um, we're going to be premiering our show on August 9th. In the US, it's on FX on Hulu, but everywhere else across the world, Canada included, it's going to be on Disney Plus on their adult star section. But yeah, Reservation Dogs is a series with FX that's co-created by Taika Waititi uh, as well as Sterling Harjo, whose life is based on. He's Nguyen he's Muscogee Creek and Seminole from Oklahoma. And yeah, it's loosely based on his life. And it follows four Nguyen teens as they're like trying to run away from their small Oklahoman town to go away to the faraway lands of California. Uh, they're also in the midst of grieving for the fifth member of their group. Daniel, who who was her close friend who had died a year ago. It's also kind of like it's a comedy first and foremost. It's also like a slice of life kind of show. And it really celebrates and it's hilarious. It celebrates, it mourns, it makes fun of like all of this everything in between. And it's um yeah, it's a show that I would like watch even if I wasn't a part of it. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, I'm just like really, I'm really excited to be a part of it and excited to showcase it with the community.
0: In this uh, in in reservation logs, what uh, what's your role?
1: So I play one of the leading roles. I play the character Olora Dannon. Yes, it's the same name as the baby in the 1980s movie Willow. Um, I think that's also like a, a nod to Taika Waititi's previous films where he has really fun and interesting names for his characters like in the 2010 movie boy there's a character called dynasty another character named falcon crest so it's just like homages to all these awesome 1980s projects but i play the character allura Bannon, who is kind of like the moral compass of the group uh she's also someone who has been really affected by the loss of their friend daniel the year before and allura's a mastermind behind the whole operation of Committing crimes and trying to get money and raising the funds to go to California. So yeah, I would say Alora's is like the big sister of the group and the one who is like kind of running the show from the backseat.
0: What was it like filming this this show with with Taiko Waititi?
1: So he was supposed to direct the pilot. Like every show, their first episode has a pilot, and we had shot that back in August of 2020. And he was supposed to direct, but he ended up getting stuck in New Zealand where he was stuck in quarantine for two weeks. And that was like, oh, I don't know. It it was unfortunate because I am such a big fan of Taika. Like his movie Boy is one of my favorite of all time. And I'd always wanted to work with him. And I still got to work with him in a sense where... I met with him during the network testing that happened in LA back in like February of 2020. And we were supposed to originally go in April 2020, but then the pandemic happened. So we didn't even know if we were going to have a show, but he co-wrote it. He co-created it. He was supposed to direct it, but it didn't quite happen. But he was streaming in live every day from uh, New Zealand. It would be like 3 a.m. New Zealand time, but there would be like this dummy like a mannequin that had an iPad strapped to its face and he would be on the iPad on the other end. And so every morning we'd just like walk up and we'd be like, morning Typa. And he would like give nice notes through Skype and Zoom. And it was, it was a funny, it was a funny thing. And then when we did get picked up to shoot the rest of the season, we shot it from like, I want to say March until May uh, this past year just like three months ago, he wasn't able to direct because he was working on like a little indie film called Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it was, um, he, he was busy. He's a busy guy, but, uh, he really did open the door because he was the one who had a first look, a first look deal with FX. And it was him and his good friend, Sterling, who, is the showrunner and co-creator executive producer of the show whose life is based on they've been friends they came up in the Sundance Native uh Native program scene back in like 2005 together and this is the first project where they're finally able to collaborate and it's because of Taika and him opening those doors that we were actually able to make this project and that we were able to make it the way that we wanted to make it and FX has been really supportive in supporting the the story that we want to tell if they were to make notes or anything it would just to make sure to clarify something but it was never actually like trying to adjust anything cultural never trying to adjust like the type of humor or jokes so we had this, we had a lot of freedom and a, a huge reason for that is because of Taika.
0: How does this project uh, how working on this project differ for, from some of the other things that you've done over the last uh, little while?
1: Uh so I I had my start when I was, like, 13 and had done this, like, indie project in Montreal, and I had done so few projects. The only project at that point I had done with my with, with writer-director was with Dega Lazar on his series, uh, By the Rapids. and But that was an animated series. Every time I had been on set, there were no Indigenous creatives anywhere. That was until I had shot Rhymes for Young Girls, which was shot in the community and ended up being my my breakout. And at that point, I thought I was like, "Oh, this is how the film industry is. This is what it's going to be like moving forward." Where it's like there's a, an Indigenous creator at the helm of this project, and that actually proved to be an exception to the rule because. I shot Rent Free on Ghouls back in 2012, and it hasn't been until that point like it's taken basically like seven, eight years to finally find a project that has so many Indigenous people behind the camera. And that project was Reservation Dogs because it's the first mainstream television series that has an all Indigenous writers' room, all Nguyen Hawaii directors. All core cast and then when I looked around in almost every department there were my creatives in the makeup department in the camera department there were like AC like assistant camera uh unit people also like the art department guy the production designer the stunt coordinator like those are all positions that I've never seen be filled by indigenous people before and so it was the first time that I had stepped onto a set and I felt like it was our space as opposed to stepping onto set and we might be telling uh, and, and with my story, but then there's just like, it's a white set, it's a white producer, it's a white space that we're telling our stories and versus this one was just, it felt like the white crew members and guest stars and people like that were being welcomed into our space, which honestly is how it should be, but I had never experienced that before in my career, even even with Rents for Young Ghouls, because there weren't as many Indigenous people in all of those other positions.
0: How important is something like that for Indigenous actors and Indigenous creative people, uh, you know, in the TV and film industry?
1: I think it's hugely important for us to be able to tell our own stories, because if you look at film and TV's history, there's been red face, there's been nothing but misrepresentation, there's been every stereotype of us. And when we're in charge of our own stories, all of a sudden, they become so much more three dimensional and reflective of how we live our lives in the community, how we grow up or how other indigenous people be in the world. And like, if you look at some of the stereotypes of like, a stoic Indian and like reservation dogs will take that and make fun of it and flip it on its head which is exactly like what we do in the community so I think it's, it's hugely important for us to have the power and capacity to tell our own stories and this is like it's honestly embarrassing for the film industry that 2021 is finally the year where they have only begun to empower Indigenous people in telling our stories. I'm so proud of, of Reservation Dog and the work that I've done on it. I also don't want it to be the only thing out there. I want this to be like the beginning of us being able to tell our stories. Like, I want to see a Native superhero. I want to see, like, I don't know, like, a Benyat a person who has superhuman capabilities or, like, a detective show or a rom-com. and I'm hoping that this will show widespread audiences that are that they're missing out, that our stories are awesome, and that we're funny and we're hilarious and we have scary ass stories. And yeah, I I'm really hoping that this is just the beginning.
0: What What are some of the the highlights uh, for you from filming this show?
1: Some of the highlights for me, I think, would be um, some of the guest stars that we have. We have some legendary actors from the native film community who are in there. There's also um I don't I can't I don't think I can like release spoilers, but I know there's somebody from the community who was able to be a really awesome kick-ass guest star in one of the episodes. Yeah. And then we also have some really great comedians who make appearances in the show. I'm trying to think of like, can I can I spoil some of these? I don't I don't know if I can, but some of the like legends out there, non-Indigenous, all of that.
0: Nice. You know, and again, you right before we, we started the interview, you were saying that how this past year has been uh one of your busiest years. Can we hear some of uh what you're what you've been working on and what we can expect to see from you?
1: Sure. I mean, I really didn't expect the pandemic to be a year that my career finally like is taking off, but I'm very appreciative for it. It was, um, it was a wild year. I know in 2020, because of the back and forth that I did, I spent a total of 10 weeks in quarantine, in mandatory quarantine, which was a lot. Also like flying during the pandemic was kind of like a really scary thing. Now that I have both vaccinations, I feel like I can breathe a lot easier when I'm traveling. And um, I was able to actually get my vaccination in Oklahoma. You know, a lot of the like nations and tribes were like giving vaccinations to all members of the public. And I was like, who would have said that Oklahoma would be like the leading charge of uh, vaccinations in the US? But I was very grateful for that. Some of the projects that I worked on throughout the pandemic were first was first one back was reservation dogs. Then I did some pickup days on this French feature film that I shot back in. 2019 uh, called bootlegger and that one was a project that's entirely in French which I I basically only like learned conversational French working at my cousin's cigarette store on the red and so it was definitely a lot of work in it in bootlegger I play a young student getting her master's who goes back to her community to to kind of reconnect Um, But she's an English speaker, and she goes back to her Algonquin community that is all Francophone. It's it's so funny, like, Bahnawaga being located in Quebec, but we happen to be English speakers and Gagné speakers, but we don't really speak French. Whereas if you go to different northern parts of the province, like, they're all super but then they're also, like, Francophone just because of that's who colonized the area. And so uh, my character's a kind of fish out of water going there and is in... Gets involved with the um, prohibition where alcohol is illegal, and she is fighting for the legalization of alcohol so that it can be a controlled substance. And she goes head to head with the community's uh, bootlegger, who happens to be a white woman who's married to uh, an indigenous man from that community. So there's a lot of like tension. It's a it's almost like a film noir like drama, um, and that one was. Directed by Carolyn Monet, who is French and Algonquin, and she had experienced the opposite growing up. It's kind of based on her life, where uh, her community is Kitigan Zibi, but she grew up francophone. But then when she went to Kitigan Zibi, it was they were all English speakers and Algonquin speakers. So it was a little bit of like a a role reversal in that. Uh, that was another project that I had filmed over the course of the pandemic, or had finished over the course of the pandemic, that is going to be released sometime next year. And I also uh, was a part of uh, the Peacock Show Rutherford Falls with Janish Meeting and Ed Helms. I played uh, Jeff Wells, the uh, dingbat, Resi assistant to Michael Grayeyes. I have rarely played straight up comedies, and I I had such a fun time flying back and forth, but but shooting such a such a fun stupid character. <laughs> There was that project, and then the other project that I shot was the animated series Arc, which I had built a whole sound booth out of my closet because they weren't having in-person sessions because of the pandemic. Where I had put sound blankets around it, they had sent me all of the equipment with the microphones and stuff. But that animated series has so many incredible, legendary actors like Michelle Yeoh and David Tennant and Elliot Page and. Vin Diesel, and Gerard Butler, just to name a few. And I got to be in such awesome company. Uh, I also got to work alongside Vaughn McLaren, who played my dad, who is now playing big, the cop in Reservation Dogs. So it's just such a tiny Native community in the film industry that once you work with one person, you kind of work with everybody because half of the writer's room from Rutherford Falls came over to Reservation Dogs. That being said, even though Rutherford Falls and Reservation Dogs are both great white comedies, they're both stylistically and tonally very different from each other and I'm so glad that there's room for both and hopefully more moving
0: forward. Okay, great. I think that's that's it for now. Any anything uh, you want to say to to people back home?
1: Um I don't know. I'm like I'm excited for everybody to to see what we've been working on and I'm so proud to like have another Ganikahagaunu and reservation dogs. I'm excited to see what happens. And and there's also just like so many upcoming talents, whether they're in front of the camera as actors or behind the camera, as filmmakers. Uh, I know Marian Delarone has her film festival that she features every year. And I see that there is a film industry growing and that there's space for us to to tell our stories and so I'm just so excited to see the next generations of Gunawagero do who will be able to be in the film industry and and have a say and share our stories and and celebrate who we are.
0: Okay, great. You all go.
1: You all thanks for having me.
0: You all go everybody for listening and your D was would like to thank the community media strategic support fund for supporting this initiative.